Welcome in to another Running with the Wolves podcast. My name is Gabe Anderson. I'm joined, as always, by Chris Emerson. Chris, how are we doing? We're doing good, man. I'm watching some snowfall. It's a beautiful uh, February yeah. day. Yeah, absolutely. And we have special guests today, as you might notice if you're watching on the stream. We are joined by Shay and Casey from the Thirsty Pups Wolves Watch Party. How are you guys doing? Excellent. Excellent. Great to be with you guys, man. Excited. Absolutely. We're here at the park tab right now, and we're also watching it snow, which, you know, I'm a little excited about. We've been seeing green grass. I think it's a little bit, a little time for Minnesota to be white again out here. And if it's going to be cold, I like, I like seeing the snow a little bit. Yeah. Well, it's weird. It's weird because it's snowing, but it's like 45 degrees. So it doesn't really, doesn't really feel like winter. It's not going to stick, right? Yeah. But so that was always basketball season to me, so I love to see it. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So the reason that they are here because we're doing something pretty fun on Thursday. I'll just uh, introduce everything. We're going to be doing the uh, Thirsty Pups Wolves Watch Party for the Portland game, and we, me and Chris, are going to be there. Casey and Shay are going to be there as well. And I'll pull up the graphic here in just a second. But, yeah, it's going to be a fun time. We're going to be doing some Wolves ticket giveaways. We're going to be giving away some Park Tavern giveaways as well. And we're going to be doing a live podcast. So it's going to be tons of fun. Let me get the graphic up here. Uh, Let's see. And uh, so uh, let's start with you and Shay and Casey. What does kind of the Wolves watch party kind of look like as as I throw this up here? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so yeah, Thursday we're here back at the heated Percula, the patio. It's covered. It gets plenty of toast in here. There's plenty of games where we've actually turned the heat down a little bit. Yeah. Uh, get all three TVs rolling, have the game sound cranked all the way up. Uh, but come Thursday, how it's going to work too is we are sponsored by Steely Michelobalcha, uh, thankfully. We also thank them. Uh, and we're, we were brought to them by Capital Beverage Sales. Uh, we were introduced kind of to those two parties via Park Tavern. So um, we're going to be on Thursday, like I said, and then take a giveaway. will be two lower level seats, uh, corner, if you want to say corner end zone, corner, you know, backside, Wolves bench. Uh, those are from Stilly. Uh, typically how we've done it in the past. You can fill them in, Shay, how we do it in the past. Yeah, so if you buy a Stilly, which we'll have a special code word for you to say to the bartender to get discounted Stillies, but you buy a Stilly, that gets you an entrance into the raffle. And then we got a mini, mini basketball hoop. It gets you two shots. Every shot that you make per Stilly an extra entry. gets you an extra entry on the made shots. And then um, until bar closed or when they stop selling, we'll raffle off those tickets. Um, and then for the Park Tavern gift card giveaway, we'll have a couple things that we'll announce on the page. So tomorrow. Yeah. Tomorrow, yep. So if you don't follow us, make sure you follow the Thirsty Pups Watch Party Facebook page for details on that. But All in all, what it looks like is just the Wolves community coming together at Park Tab. You get, like Casey said, the game audio. And I think one of the the coolest things about it is you get individuals that come in that, you know, have been in hiding for 20 years with how bad we've been. But they Mm. come in, they meet other Wolves fans. They come in, they sit at a table, and they walk out of there with different Wolves connections. And, you know, that's why we're doing it. And that's what the watch parties look like, being able to bring the community together um, here at the Pergola and, uh, being able to celebrate this Wolves season so far, and we're hoping that that success continues. 
Yeah, absolutely. It's been a crazy season so far. Just, I mean, just some of the wins that we have uh, knocked off this year. I mean, we beat Boston. We beat Denver. We we just beat Oklahoma. We beat Oklahoma City twice. I mean, it's just been a crazy, crazy Milwaukee. season. Yeah, Milwaukee. Milwaukee I mean, they're terrible now, but first, uh, Clippers, yeah. Huge yep. Absolutely. By the way, that, that th- shoot, like that mini shot to get extra little points, that sounds awesome. That yeah, we, we I bring on my athletic tape. I still play baseball in the summertime, town ball, so I you know I have the tape for the wrist. We make a yeah. little free throw line, and then we let them chuck up some shots. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's a lot of fun. So basically, like the OKC game, for example, we had probably about 40, 40 fans showing, um, and then so basically, as, as long as you're a member of the of the Thirsty Pups Facebook group, that was an automatic entry. Yeah, and then well. as you bought a steely, another entry, and then as you made a shot, another entry. So uh, our guy, awesome. Steve Groobridge, I won't give out the true number of stillies that he bought for his <laughs> wife and himself. And he was there with his kids, too, and they were having a blast. But it was awesome because he got a lot of shots up. He had the most entries in, and then he actually won the tickets anyways. So it all worked out in a, in a mad scientist way of scheming, if you want to say it that way. But it was just a lot of fun. It was just – it was a cool atmosphere to see, like, you know – Grown adults, if you want to call it that, right? We're all big kids. But, you know, like throwing the basketball and they're like, ah, I can't. I'm not going to, you know, whether it's a guy or a girl, right? I'm not going to be able to make this, whatever. And all of a sudden they throw it up, bounce a few times, drop in, they're jumping up and down. So mm-hmm. I think yeah. more, more people were cheering when people made those shots than when they were watching right. the Wolves game. So it was just you <laughs> like someone make it and you got 40 people rooting for you to hit the shot. Yeah, so. people mm-hmm. be shooting in community. So, I mean, it's just, you know, we could get a, we could get a game of pig if we really need to. So we've seen that before too. Exactly. Yeah. That's awesome. And uh, I also want to mention that we'll also be doing kind of a, we'll be doing a kind of a pregame podcast and we'll be doing some stuff at halftime as well. So that's going to be a fun time. So let me ask, (laughs) sorry about that. Uh, Let me ask you guys a question. How did this kind of the thirsty pups uh, wolves watch party? How, what was the inspiration behind that? How did it kind of get started? Yeah, absolutely. I'll start and I'll pass it over to Shay. So, You know, Shay and I, we've uh, we met each other back in, was it 2017? 2017. Working together at Infor. Uh, I am a little bit senior his age. I won't <laughs> throw the number out there, but you can probably tell in my uh, limited hair on top. But anyhow, uh, we actually both played college sports at Concordia, Concordia St. Paul, the same college. So we found that out. He played basketball, I played basketball, then I played baseball as well there. Uh, so we were just big sports, you know, sports junkies, however you want to call it, hoop heads. Um, and we just have stayed friends ever since and are always talking about sports, always, you know, throwing different stats, nuggets at each other. So as this wolf season has been going on and even going back two years ago, the Memphis series, when we lost, I know Shane, and I watched a lot of those playoff games together, you know, as this season was getting going after last year's, you know, frustrating a little up and down, but still I thought it was a successful season, you know, that's that we get to like November and I just remember it's, you know, Sunday night football and, you know, like most people, you're a football fan and fantasy guy and so forth, but, you know, I didn't want to watch just one game and flip back and forth. So I remember reaching mm-hmm. out to State earlier that Sunday, and the Wolves were playing that first of the two games against the Warriors. Yeah. And on a Sunday night, I just said, hey, you know, you know, like you want to go watch the game somewhere, right? Like, you know, this is a big game. Like, I want to watch the football game, but I want to be locked in on this on this Wolves-Warriors we're game. We were like, where the heck do we watch the Wolves game? Exactly. It's where impossible. can we get a TV? Yeah, so right. we, we went and checked out, like, a couple different bars consecutively after that for games, and it's like – you're battling with the workers there just to get a TV for the Wolves game. And you're like, 
you not mm-hmm. know that we're in first in the West and people want to watch this and we can't get game audio and we just we almost didn't feel comfortable like cheering for the Wolves in the corner at some random bar where they gave us a small TV. So we were like, we reached out to a bunch of fans. We're like, if we started putting together like places to watch the games where the bar guaranteed like game audio, yep. TVs, right. a place to watch it. Yep. We got a pretty good response from that of a lot of people being like, well, we we don't even know where we would watch the game. So if you guys right. put something like that together, so. Uh, but going back to, you know, when me and Casey first met, I don't know how we stayed friends because sometimes at work, <laughs> we'd be battling over, like, basketball stats for, like, an hour instead of working. So our manager would be like, hey, you guys, you know, get back in the in the shape and whatnot. But so we've just always had a passion for sports. And I think to be able to bring this Wolves community together, like we said, and help yep. other Wolves fans, maybe come out of that 20-year hiding period and be excited about this team. Mm-hmm. It's been a good response, you know, that we've put this together now, partnering with Park Tab, Stilly, Capital Beverage, yep. um, and then allowing people to meet each other here and having the opportunity to also send some fans that we know to games. Yep. Yeah. It's a blessing that this has all kind of come together for us. We've had a ton of fun doing it, and yeah. just being passionate about the Wolves. And now it's grown to so much more, too, right? Like we're doing the watch parties, but we're now we're featured on Running with the Wolves podcast. We're excited to do this stuff. And making our own video content, uh, recreating Ant dunking or, you know, funny stuff like that. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it all just sparked from Casey asking me to want to go watch the game and we were so stumped on where do we what where can we yeah. go comfortably watch a Wolves yeah. game and not pay yeah. an arm and a leg well, or. Exactly. I think, I think really what kind of came down to it was when we were talking on the phone and we actually didn't get together that night. And I just kind of went down to my, you know, local bar restaurant in St. Paul. But what kind of came to was that, you know, like, I get it that, you know, it's not like we have the Warriors success and I know it's on a high level or the Celtics and so forth, but right. at the same time, like it just doesn't seem that like the Wolves have been around since 89. Like there isn't a, like if you just said where are your go-to places to watch a Wolves game and just yeah. whether you hang out or sit next to a Wolves fan or as the game's going, you just gravitate over to them. You start talking to them about the game and you're high-fiving and all of a sudden before you know it, sending drinks back to each other, whatever. So we just kind of like, where is it? Like, where do we go? And then the fun, the great part of us is that the next day, Shay calls me up. He's like, I got an idea. I think we're going to start a watch party. And I'm like, yeah, you know, I kind of felt like I kind of threw that out idea out there, but I didn't really know if we were going to actually run with it. So we put in a lot of yeah. the, the, the legwork and a lot of the, you know, the manpower, the time of thinking through ideas, because it's, it sounds like such a simplistic idea, but it's also of trying to market it as you guys know, right. Marketing in it, promoting it. Yeah getting people interested in it and then just getting them just like anything, right? Like just getting them to a game, you know, even if we lose by three in a close game or whatever it might be, or we win by 20, just getting them around other Wolves fans, especially in a year where you want to take advantage of the success that we're having. So we went right. to build a community. Yeah, yeah. I mean, building a community is everything. And that's awesome. I mean, it's been hard to, I mean, it is this quote unquote state of hockey, they like to call it. And when it comes to like normal dive bars and corner bars where you might want to, you know, catch a game. Yeah. I mean, a lot of the drinking class there has been hockey fans. So it has been really hard to get, um, you know, even like you said, audio. So that's great. You guys have done that and put it together. I think it's cool. And uh, hopefully if you build it, they will come. Um, It just seems like, seems like a good idea. Yeah. I mean, I think, and and I think Right. And I think what you realize, too, is that because we've noticed that obviously the last two years with the Wolves in the playoffs, right, is is there is a there is a hunger. There is a, thri- a thriving basketball market, a thirst, a, a thirst. thirst, a thirsty market, yeah. right. mm-hmm. a thirsty pup market. 
but not just in the Twin Cities, the whole state. And that's what becomes evident, right? It, whether it was the play-in games or ex- like even that Grizzly game, like all of a sudden Grizzlies are playing, you know, Wolves-Grizzlies on a Wednesday night. And like, you know, him and I would go to go to a random bar and all of a sudden you start looking around and you're like, this is awesome because, yeah. you know, 65, 70% of people here are locked in the TV and more than likely wearing Wolves gear, right? So it is there. And what we're, what we're wanting to do is bring that community together to enjoy the moments of the regular season to build up to the playoffs. Yeah, absolutely. That that's great. Like you said, that communal experience is definitely something that you don't want to miss out on. So let's do a couple fun questions just to get to know you guys a little bit. Uh, just a couple here, like favorite Wolves moment. What what would you say? And you start. Either one can start. I'll let Shay start. Yeah, I'll do one that's more recent, and it's probably from the outside perspective was more of an embarrassing moment because they don't understand the 20 years of trauma that we went through. But that playing game, I know what it is. Yeah, the play, the playing <laughs> game where Pat Bev is jumping up on the announcer's table, all pumped up. Like people don't understand the amount of suffering we went just to have that moment. So to finally have that breakthrough, yeah, to mm-hmm. be like this team can win when a game is important. Yeah, You know, as embarrassing as everyone else thought it was, from the perspective of a Wolves fan, and think about I'm 30, so the last time we had been good, I was 9 or 10 years old. It's like that's right. the biggest moment that I've seen out of a Wolves team. And to see them actually fight and want that so badly and actually have a team that came together like that, I think that was a huge building block for what had to come the next two seasons. Yeah. So for me, that's been at least the most recent one, but – what an awesome game that the intensity of that game for us as fans yeah. was just fun to be back in that seat. I right? think I think too what you notice is that was a huge moment for a cat, for an ant, for a Jaden, for a Nas, right? Yeah. You know, for those guys um, to be in a game seven like moment, right, in their younger careers, right? For me, uh, there's two. There's one that's kind of the super obvious one, but I was actually in attendance, and then there's one that's a little bit more maybe forgotten, but a fun one. Um, I'll start with the fun one. Um, let's see, this would be probably, I'm going to date myself. Oh, one, 2000 or 2001 college, uh, watching with my buddy, Steve Rowan, who I played basketball with. He's a Lakeville, Lakeville guy before it split to North and South MLK day. I don't know if you know where I'm going with this MLK day. I think we were over like, I mean, we didn't shoot 33s back then, but I think we were like over like 16 from three that day. And mm-hmm. I think it was either the Pacers or somebody else from the East. Malik Seeley banks in a three at the buzzer. Trent Tucker, just the only words that could keep coming out of his mouth after he made it was three at last, three at last, three at last. So that was a pretty good moment. We went pretty nuts about that. And then the other one would be game seven, Kings. Uh, I was a youngster out of college. I was working for the inside sales for the Wolves for a short period of time. Was lucky enough to be at that game with a lot of my coworkers. And, I mean, the vibe inside of Target Center was, you know, phenomenal. I mean, nothing that you'd ever seen. KG just completely dominating the whole game, jumping on the scores table, fans going nuts. I mean, you felt mm-hmm. like the world was ours. And what really sticks in my mind is when we all left to, you know, go to whatever bar or restaurant we were going to go to downtown afterwards, it was like a unison chant as we were like going outside of just everybody that was leaving Target Center all chanting beat LA, beat LA the whole time. Yeah. Win, right? So that's an obvious one, but the fact that I was there takes it to another level. Yeah, absolutely. Go go ahead, Chris. Being being in a crowd, like being in a crowd in a group when moments like that happen adds so much to the energy and so much to the ambiance. Oh, yeah. What about you guys? What are your guys's? Go ahead, Chris. 
Well, I'm not. I'm about the same age as you, so I was I was in some of those playoff games way up in the nosebleeds. Uh, not game yeah. seven. Um, okay. But my favorite moment. I mean. I don't know if I have I, I don't know if I have like a moment. I have like teams I remember. Like I remember like Gugliata and like J.R. Ryder was huge on my development as a Wolves fan. Like like yeah. turning me into like these guys are, you know, I was into them. Um I think the moment I was I'm a I'm big into like team building and uh trades and recruiting and like looking at guys years down the road type thing. And I was a huge Ricky Rubio fan before he even um announced he was gonna be drafted. Um, and then when he came to the Timberwolves, it was amazing to me. So yeah. I remember being in the, uh, you know, sitting lower level, good seats when he checked in for his very first game. And I remember he had a behind the back uh, assist. And I was just with a couple buddies of mine, uh, much like watching things that you, you know, watch party when with your buddies and they know like how you're feeling. Cause right. like that was my guy and we erupted and it was fun. And uh, those kind of moments, like they might not be the ones that, you know, you'll have highlights of like on sports center forever, but you'll right. remember them. And that's kind of, that's probably my Timberwolves moment that I remember right. enjoying. What the a most. fun style of basketball that Ricky brought to the wolves too, of just the team concept and just a fun guy to root for. Right. Yeah. Just moving the ball. Just yeah. a guy that his sole goal is to move the ball. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, it's a good quality to have in the NBA and a lot of teams don't have it. Yeah. Really I think I think Ricky. Oh, sorry. I was just gonna. Say, I feel like he would have fit in so well with this team if he was uh, still in the NBA today. Yeah. Well, what was that? When that wasn't there that quote that Ricky had one time? I score, I make one people happy. I assist, I make two people happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's simple. Yeah. yeah. If only he could shoot. I know. And I, he, used to, I used to always have a hard time with the amount of layups that he would miss at point blank range. Yeah. I always hear the, yeah. ah! <laughs> when you throw it up. And I'm like, come on, Ricky, we need those buckets. Well, okay. So my favorite memory, the man, there's a, but well, just college memories. Cause the wolves were bad when I was in college, yeah. but it was just on student. I went to St. Cloud state. So just filling up the van with a bunch of guys r- driving down to Minneapolis and like, getting $5 tickets and just watching like cat and Zach Levine and stuff like that. And just, we, it doesn't like, I remember where was one game where like, I don't know, Westbrook, what basically Westbrook would kill us every time anyway. Right. But he, I think he like scored like at least 50 points or something like that. That was crazy. Like, like you were mentioning that play in game. I was there as well. That was insane. Um, but I do have this one, this bad memory <laughs> where I think it was the season that they went to the Western conference finals. And it was the first season that I think I went to a game and we were playing Memphis. And for some reason, uh, Mark mad dog Madsen was in the game in crunch time. And for, and the wolves were down, I believe one. I, yeah. One, they were down one passes it into him with like a second left. He's wide open, misses a wide open layup. I, <laughs> I vividly remember that because I remember that because I later went to his basketball camp. I'm like, why am I le- why am I learning from this guy? <laughs> like, what am I going to learn from Mark Mad Dog Madsen? I will I will tailgate on that because I was at the infamous game when they were trying to tank like for a spot or two in the draft. Yeah, and they mm-hmm. just let Madsen shoot like 12 threes in the final. Oh like, yeah, and he was never close. And it was just like this. It was just like it was cute after the first you know couple. It was like. 
okay, let's see if he banks one in, maybe he gets a roll. And then all of a sudden he starts to get to seven, eight, nine. And it was just like, you just see people like, I think I just want to leave right now. Like, what are we doing right yeah. now? Yeah. That's uh that holds the distinction as the only game my dad was courtside for. He didn't tell me about it. He told me after like, yeah, I was courtside for that game. I'm like, what? Why was I not involved? But it's <laughs> I, Our I would, courtside yeah. game was two years ago against the Spurs, and when Ant was hunting for forty, and we like we had, had a 40, twelve. He had forty-eight, and oh, yes. he shot like three threes in a row and missed right. them all. But we were ready to erupt whenever he hit fifty. But yeah, yeah, and then we almost lost to the Spurs. That, yeah. They were they weren't trying to win. It was like the second or third to last game of the season. So we were at one of those too. So that's awesome. Awesome. We had one of those games this year. Yeah. yeah, we don't need to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, I, I was at that Charlotte game. That was uh, – I'm just glad – did you you didn't have a watch party for that game, did you? <laughs> no, but we were actually so, – We did the fan interviews before that game, and we posted something about how trash Charlotte is. And Casey goes, should we wait till after the game to post this? It's like, no way they lose this. By the time we get home, Cat's got what, like 35 at half yeah, or whatever? 44 at half. Yeah. So we're like, oh, we got this in the bag. And then uh, things start to unfold. We're texting back and forth, like, oh, no. Oh, yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I kept saying, like, because my friend who's now like a big Wolves fan, I took him to the game. I kept, he's like, why are you worried? Because I'm like, and then I'm like, yeah, I've seen the Timberwolves before. This is not, this is not in the bag yet. Yeah, and then LaMelo hits a three. Before. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So I uh so I another fun question I want to ask. Favorite Wolves jersey of all time. Nice. Nice. Yeah. I will go with I always remember going to games when I was young. For my birthdays, I either did Rainforest Cafe or go to a Timberwolves game. Mm-hmm. But seeing KG in those black jerseys with the trees on them. Just for whatever hard. reason, just got me so motivated to watch those games. I just loved them. I had the shorts. The and shorts I wore, were awesome. I wore those yeah. once a week, elementary school. Like, you couldn't get me to take those things off. And I think if they still fit, I'd wear them today. But I think those black ones with the trees are just – they need to bring those back at some point. I know they've done different editions of right. them. But, you know, I like a lot of our classics more than our more recent jerseys. Yeah. For, for me, I think, you know uh, – being around and being a young kid, you know, being eight, nine, ten, right when they when they come into the league, and like obviously the up exactly yeah. original low <laughs> right was went so hard to me. Like I just I loved like I love the whites that we're wearing now, but I think that the blues are like an undercover of that first jersey. Like seeing Garnett in those blues when he was uh, rocking like you know Nikes, whatever up temples with a big swoosh on the white side, like. Uh, you know, like you said, Gugliata, and then you know, obviously, even like Marbury. They are rider dunk contest, right? Exactly. So, like those, Blue. those are awesome to me. So, I'm really obviously, it's awesome that they brought them back this year. And then the other one to me too was I just thought it was so iconic. And I, what I loved about it was that they, they weren't afraid to be bold and go completely out of the color scheme. Was the Prince jerseys? I mean, it's not even yeah. like a Minnesota thing. Like, oh, look at us, we have Prince, so we get to have a Prince themed jersey. But like the cursive that they, you know, like the lettering that they chose and like the color scheme and like the numbers and like, you know, I just remember seeing so many people that would see it and be like, yeah, you know, like a cat jersey would be sweet, but like the numbers just don't look the same as like getting like a Taj Gibson 67 or, you know, whatever it might be. So those would probably be the two that, that caught my eye the most over the years. Chris, what's yours? I think I know the answer, but go ahead. <laughs> It's, I mean, it's the original one. Like, I respect the people who like the black and the trees. I get it. It's nostalgia. But those right. jerseys are ugly. 
That's the, the numbers. <laughs> the letters are like it's like a sixth grader drum with marker, yeah. like trying to look fancy. Like the letters are trash. Black is played out. Every team went black, um, but we won mm-hmm. in them. So like that's the thing, yeah. and yeah. I get that. Like if you're you know only know the Timberwolves right in that era when they're dominant and they're wearing those, those were killer jerseys. I get it. But for us older people who were well accustomed to being terrible up until that point, we'd yep. seen some ebbs and flows. Uh, right. So, I mean, yeah, the classic ones are the way to go. Uh, I don't think it's close. And it's been proven now where even young heads are like, I don't know, those new white jerseys are sick. Yep. Like they finally realizing how good those are. But I think what a lot of it is, is the colors, like the blue and the green that was used in the traditional ones. If you brought those, just even that blue and the green into like what we have now, I think it would be a a huge logo. I mean, it might not be as good as the old uh, Shep, but it would be close. And I think that colors just kind of has a a better play on TV. Like when we went with the, um, the mismatch of the new and the old ones recently, uh, last year, we had the the blue that was the classic blue. And on TV, it was electric. Like, it showed up better. It just looked – now the dark is kind of slow and makes you look – I don't know. It's the yeah. new ones, but it's mainly those co- – the it's the old jerseys, but the colors for sure are the right. things that really pop for me. Yeah, and I don't know. I think I grew – maybe not grew up, but had like my – High school and college years during the Wolves' worst jerseys. Like, we're, we're talking 2010 to, like, 2016. Also, like another – Miller uh, ones? Yeah, yeah, the Mike Miller ones. Yeah, those were garbage. They were With, like, Muskie jerseys one year, too. Yeah, the Minnesota Muskies, yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, and another one – I know we're talking about the best, but another one of the worst ones, I think. And this was just the NBA as a whole. Remember when they went with the sleeves? Oh, the God, sleeve yeah. jersey? Just a, ter- a terrible idea. Oh, horrible. Mars were so bad. They look like, yeah, they're like AAU volleyball yeah. like girls' jerseys. They were the worst. LeBron yeah. would like rip the sleeve to like make it fit. And, I know you're yeah. talking about though too, like that era of like Peck and K Love and like Shabbat and those guys. Like, yeah, like the it was just a weird looking wolves with like a black on the side. But then they also they made them where they almost were like trying to make them almost like cut off. So like. It wasn't just a regular jersey. Like, it went way longer from the neck to your shoulder. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, and, baggy. they tried. Yeah, and, and here's the thing. Fans have been have been screaming for the 90s jerseys back. They've been screaming for the, the, the 2000s jerseys back. Right. No one's yelling for those to come back. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, we'll, no, leave, we'll leave those behind. Yeah, exactly. Like if if they start wearing those, I might stop watching. That's <laughs> that's not true. But um, yeah. Uh, and and then uh, one last kind of fun question for you guys: favorite random Timberwolf? Now I'm not talking about like 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 uh, like a Wolves like role player. Like I'm not talking like Jimmy Butler or K Love or Garnett. Favorite like random T Wolf? That's a good one. Uh, see, you're putting me on the spot. I'm, I mean, I'm, I probably go back kind of those early days a little bit. I kind of, I think I know. When, well, I think I even know where yours is. Once you go through yours first, well, I think a little bit. Right. So mine probably isn't too popular, but when I was growing up, like I valued the defensive the side of the basketball so much. Where I loved watching Trent Hassel. The fact that he would come oh, yeah. every single game, guard the best player, no issues with him, just hustled and. You know, coming up, growing up with a guy like KG, where you just wish you had 10% of his passion for something, right? 
Just mm-hmm. watching how hard-nosed Trent Hassel was, and he just got in there and did the dirty work, a lot like a Jaden McDaniels yeah. today, but doesn't have the offensive potential. Right. I mean, he just probably doesn't get enough praise for what he did on the defensive end as being one of the top defenders in the league when he was with us, and yeah. probably forgotten player that a lot of people forget that he was even on the Wolves. Well, yeah, and he did such an amazing job of, like, you know, building up his game to be yeah. an NBA starter, right? Because he was like an unknown, an unknown guy, even out of college, yeah. had to bounce around. I think for me, I already kind of referenced him. I a hated Hassel, by the way. I hated Trent Hassel. Probably one of my top five most hated, just to slip that in there. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> we used to that's say, don't okay. That's okay. That's what's great. That's what's great about it. Everyone can have their own vibe. Yep, absolutely. Oh, yeah. I think for me, well – like on that inaugural team, obviously, like you know, Tony Campbell was putting the points in, but like, uh, I mean, a young Sam Mitchell was a lot of fun, right? I mean, kind of that same mindset, right? Like, just played D, like wasn't overly flashy on offense. The guy's coming out of Mercer, like you're just like, where is that place? The other <laughs> one, though, I would say was is is probably a pretty good random one because he started off as a bench player, then he started getting some minutes, and for a short period of time, like you thought you had something. And I'm gonna go back to to the Russian, like. Alexi Chavette had like that one and a half year period maybe where it was just like, <laughs> Oh my God, I think we found a steal. And like, he just had this kind of fun, goofy personality and obviously Rubio loved him. Then, then all of a sudden you get the Russian effect and they bring in Kurlinko with them and you're like, okay, like, here we go. Like, you know, if, if there's ever going to be bombs, like it's never going to hit Minnesota because Putin loves us. <laughs> so yeah. uh, I mean, I just thought he was just a lot of fun. And then it was just kind of like, he bounced to like one team and like, he's still balling. Because I have a buddy of mine, I'll drop his name, Alex Downs, who was a big Shved fan too. And like he's still sending me like Instagram stuff. So like, look at Shvedi's pregame fit for his game in Russia. And he's like <laughs> 36, 37 now, right? So I guess that's kind of my one kind of random off the top of my head right now. No, I Chris, love Chris, go ahead. I love Shved. I was a big Shved guy. I called him uh I called him the ruble because he kind of reminded me of Penny Hardaway. Yep. So I'm like, you know, that's kind of kind of sweet dude. Um yep. I think it's just maybe just America didn't fit for him. I think that was his biggest roadblock in being successful because he had it all. He was athletic. He had a decent jumper. He could handle. He had good height. Yep. I like Shred. I like Shred. Yep. You made up for it because I hated Sam Mitchell too. Like, <laughs> gosh, you guys. Sam Mitchell, all I remember about him is us playing him when Kevin Garnett was like a rookie. And I'm like, get this geezer that can't do anything worthwhile off the court and get Garnett in here. Like, what are we doing? Right. I hated him so much. Um, but yeah, you made up for it with Schmidt. Uh, um, my favorite, I liked Hollywood Robinson as a weird guy, just cause you were talking about like, uh, like really strange guys. Like, um, I mean, he had like a couple, he had like a, a hot 15 game stretch probably is it. But I remember that being exciting when I was young, Anthony Peeler being a three point shooter. Um, I really liked probably my favorite guy who I just who didn't turn out to be great, but what what I loved was uh, Anthony Randolph. I wanted him <laughs> to be something. I was like, yeah. with Rubio having a, a just a lob threat, just a yeah. athletic guy to run the court, and I still wonder if that would have worked out if we didn't uh, switch to Adelman, where Adelman's like, get rid of all these young guys, let's bring in some old guys. Yeah. By the way, uh- Team USA's own medal winning. Anthony Randolph, I want to put that. Out. Right. Oh, okay. Uh, mine, there's a couple. Uh, just just for the joke of it, 
Uh, I do remember when we got Darko Milicic, and yeah, he like was very visibly out of shape. Yeah, like, I liked Darko. <laughs> he, he had a couple moves, but you could tell after the after the tenth time up and down the court, he he was calling for a sub. Yeah, and that and that was me in high school. So I uh, I <laughs> related with that. And then uh, another one, of course, Corey Brewer, his fifty point game. Right, yeah. that was amazing. Um, yeah, I was trying to go for like you know more of like the bench guys to so like I mean yeah. like, like Peeler and Brewer, but like those guys started for a long time. I I do like I'll I'll jump real quick on Randolph and and Darko. Like like you said, like they felt like those were like the type of centers that you wanted to run high pick and rolls either to get lobs. And Milicic like was actually a pretty solid passer. And the beauty Great of passer. Milicic at the end of the day for the Wolves was it wasn't our draft mistake. So we're like, uh, hey, yeah. like maybe we can, maybe we look like the smart guys and we get something out of them when the Pistons couldn't, right? Yeah. Well, I think he was a mid-level exception. We picked up. We had no bigs at all. We couldn't protect the rim. He let. He would think he was fourth in the league in blocks per game that year, and fans just murdered him. I'm like, what did you expect? You yeah. wanted this guy to go for 30, 10, and five blocks like no he's giving us solid ball movement and protecting the rim dude for five million i'll take it he's a six eight big guy from college i mean we could go down the wolves big man we could spend all night on that between hey, strike over ankle pick. we got some ballers one one that one that everyone forgets r.i.p eddie griffin yeah i loved eddie griffin yeah Seton yep. hall he, he inspired me to start shooting threes because he's like the first big guy I watched that all of a sudden I was like, what is he, yeah. what are you doing? We're not supposed to do that. <laughs> he was before his time. Yeah. He was. I think he he's part of that revolution of all of a sudden big guys should be able to stretch the floor. And he was a really good, young, talented player for us. It's too bad. It's short, but yeah. yeah. Well, you, you mentioned that like Corey Brewer and stuff were starting. I will say that. In the early 2010s, anyone could have started for the Timberwolves. Yeah. I was thinking in my head of like just some of the centers that we ran out there. Because when you drop Randolph, and I know Randolph's more before, but like you drop Randolph and Darko in there, it's like you, you keep going back, back, back. And then you're like, okay, well, we were the ones that drafted Luke Longley, couldn't get anything out of him. We had Felton uh, Spencer, couldn't get anything out of him. We had Randy Brewer for a while shooting jump hooks at Metrodome. Michael smoke like borderline a pack of sips in the shower at halftime. Like, what are we doing? <laughs> Shane Heal shooting threes from Australia in the corner. Like, we have had the all name and all random squads for sure. I'll, I'll, I'll throw one more name out there. Anybody remember Nathan Jawai? Yes. Yeah, from from Australia. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> for some Australian reason, I remember Shack. him. Yeah, Outback Shack, Outback Shack. That's what it was. Hey, we could throw even Al Jefferson in there for his time. I mean, was almost stud. an All Star. He's a stud. Um, he should have been an All Star. Yeah, I don't think he ever was with us. He might have no, gotten. He wasn't, but he should have been with the Pacers, maybe after us. Some of the best footwork I've seen from a guy that size yes. my entire yeah. life. Well, Big Al was. They just wouldn't want to give us love because he put up he put up double doubles on yeah. a losing you know on perennial losing teams. But like when Love was doing it, like Love's numbers were just that much higher, and that right. Love was like doing like consecutive double doubles. So it was like well, we can't not let Love get into the All Star wow. game, right? Well, his double double would be like forty three and twenty seven. Yeah, and, and Love was the king of, like, miss a layup, get the offensive rebound, miss yeah. another layup, get the offensive tip it to yourself. You have four rebounds on one possession. So, Yeah, and to be fair, I mean, look at this year's All-Star game. I mean, Trey didn't make it initially. Sabonis right. didn't make it. I mean, Sabonis, what, he's got, like, four 
uh, triple doubles in a row now. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. it's hard to make the All Star game, particularly nowadays. Absolutely, they said Trey's like the first player or the second player ever to average like twenty five and ten assists, and the other person was Trey last year. So he's exactly. been snubbed maybe twice, but I mean, Brunson has such an impact on winning with the Knicks right now. It's hard right. to decide between some of those guys, but. I mean, we're Dame in such a shouldn't have made it, but he yeah. got votes. I guess. Yeah. But I think we're just in such a special era of there's so many talented players, and it's become such a global game. Yeah, that mm-hmm. people probably don't realize, you know, how much talent actually is in the league, and even guys that don't even make teams. It's like, you know, 10, 15 years ago, they would have been making a couple mil and had certified spots. So, well, I think it's just yeah, I think 100. percent But I think what it is is it's that next tier, right? Like there's yeah. it's just there's so much high high level talent. Whereas, like, even if you just dropped it back to, like, the early 90s or even, like, late 80s, like, there was high talent, but it was, like, you get, you know, if there was 24 all-star spots between the two sides, right, it was going to be the same, like, 28 names for, like, five years in a row. And now it's, like, you do get to see the nice weaving of, like, where you sit there go, like, yeah, you know, like, this guy maybe gets it this year because he's putting up good numbers, but he's also increasing winning. But, like, all these other guys would have easily made it three years ago, right? Right. Which is why people should come out to the watch party and watch Anthony Simons drop. Who knows? I mean, that guy can go for 40 any night. You know, oh, you've yeah. got yeah. Shaden, they got Shade, what, Shaden Sharp? Yeah. Sharp? Shaden Sharp. Yeah. Dude, dude's got the ability to do something special. They got Scoot. Like, come on out. Yeah. 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 Go ahead. When when he makes it to the games, DeAndre Ayton can be dangerous. When he still. makes it there. When he makes it there. Yeah. <laughs> In the neighborhood. Slippery. He wouldn't last in Minnesota, so no. hopefully we stick with our centers. So anyway, on that note, I think we'll uh, put an exclamation point on it there. Again, I want to invite you guys out to the uh, Wolves, uh, the Thirsty Pups Wolves Watch Party this Thursday, so probably tomorrow or today, whenever you're listening. Uh, it's going to be a fun time. We're giving away Wolves tickets. We're going to be doing a live podcast. Going to be giving away Park Tavern gift cards as well. And uh, Shay and Casey, thanks so much for joining us. We're super excited about the event. Thanks for being here. Absolutely. Thanks, man. We're just really excited to kind of maybe potentially see where this goes and maybe we can partner yeah. with you guys and do this, you know, have you guys be at more watch parties with us, take questions from fans. I mean, a lot of different ideas that we can, you know, also bounce off you guys. So uh, yeah. we just appreciate the platform, the opportunity to chat, and then obviously get a chance to hang out tomorrow and enjoy a Wolves game. Yeah, it should be fun. And Chris, thanks so much as always. No problem, man. Any day. And, and this forget, is uh, – Don't forget to get your pregame nap inks. It is the 9 p.m. tip-off, so, you know, you'll at least be tired with other Wolves fans on Friday when you come. Absolutely. Exactly. Just just take 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 Friday off. It's a yeah, Friday. Take Friday off. Yeah, yeah who cares? <laughs> anyway, this is the Running with the Wolves podcast. Make sure to like, share, and subscribe on YouTube. And if you're listening on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give us a five-star rating. And as always, go Wolves. Go Wolves.